Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. Uh, on today's episode, we are kicking off or closing out Memorial Day weekend, remembering and uh, celebrating and honoring those who gave their lives for the country and freedoms that we celebrate day to day. On today's segment, we're going to be doing an NWSL recap. We've got tons of matches to get through. But before we get into that, thank you all for joining us live. You can subscribe to us on YouTube for NWSL extended highlights, exclusive interviews, our live recaps, and so much more. YouTube.com slash attacking third. Subscribe. It helps us out big time here at A3. Lisa, how you doing today, buddy? How was your, how was your weekend? Long weekend. Oh. A long weekend was great. Game spread out uh, across four days, which was um, good, honestly, because sometimes when they're all crammed into two days, it's a lot to take in. So I liked that they were spread out. I had a good weekend, spent a lot of time with the family. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend, so a lot of people have off from their jobs, so we could travel a little bit, head over to Jersey, spend spend a little bit on the beach um, and see each other, which was really nice. And then, of course, top every day off with a little bit of soccer at the end of it. And then today on this Monday, a little afternoon delight, a little happy hour soccer that we had. And, and now we're coming on live Monday, which kind of feels like a Sunday to a lot of people. Yeah. But how are you? How's your weekend? Same, same energy, honestly. It was, it's, it's like, usually this is like the type of weekend that's supposed to symbolize like kicking off summer for a lot of folks, depending on where you're at in the Me, country. For sure. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, we were part of that as well. Uh, yeah, we like did a little seafood boil. That was a lot of fun, mm -hmm. um, to get, to get that in. So, um, I hope everybody was able to, to take some time, uh, to themselves because, you know, we're coming off of a very, um, you know, stressful week for sure. Uh, we had to, you know, recap some games and cover some uh, very sad uh, events that took place, uh, within the country. Um, and of course, uh, our hearts and thoughts are, are still with uh, many who are still going through that. Um, but uh, it, it was nice to sort of have some, some watch some of these players be able to go out there and, and do what they do best, which is, you know, play uh, play soccer. And uh, we're going to go ahead and maybe start for, for this recap portion of the episode, because for those of us who are joining us live, you're, you're in for a little treat. We're going to be going through a recap of all these matches, but there is a midweek match that's going to be taking place on Wednesday. And Lisa and I are going to preview that for you as well towards the end of the episode. So to kick things off, we're going to start with the game that many people probably were just watching. Uh, if you're, if you're joining us, it's Kansas city current versus racing Louisville. This one ending one zero Kansas city current walking away with all three points 
Lisa, it's the recap portion, so we have to expose ourselves. When we were doing the preview of this and we were looking at the picks, I know that I chose Racing Louisville, but I couldn't remember which way you were going in this one. So, yes, you um, you did pick Racing Louisville in this one. I had a draw between Kansas City and Racing Louisville. I, I wasn't sure how this was going to flesh out in the end, and honestly, I would never have guessed a penalty kick would be the difference maker <laughs> in the third minute of this match um, because, frankly, it was it was pretty long game and stat-wise – uneven than if you were actually watching this match live completely. But yeah, you had uh, racing Louisville and I had a draw between these two sides. I, I I was watching this match like most, most were watching this match. And I mean, there's a number of things that I think were coming into play when you're, when you're looking at, at these two teams, we, we chatted a little bit about it on, on the preview. We said, okay, it's going to be another little bit of, of challenge cup familiarity coming into play. And sometimes that is a thing that we have been noticing between some of these teams that have been uh, going up against each other pretty often during these early phases of the season, or maybe there's sometimes some lulls in a game, or maybe it's more methodical, or maybe it's even just more <laughs> physical just because of that familiarity between the two teams. And I sort of felt in moments and waves of this, of this particular match that that was something that was coming into play. And it tricked me. This game tricked me for a second, Lisa, because of the high energy that took place in the beginning. We saw Kansas City current Pickett getting fouled in the box, earning this PK. And uh, the availability report leaning into this one, too. We talked about that a little bit for Kansas City as well. Mm -hmm. They have had to deal with some things uh, in terms of their availability report for match days. They've had a number of uh, key players who have been out due to injury. Sam Mewis is still working through some things. Uh, Lynn Williams, obviously, out with her season-ending injury. Uh, but there was a number of, of moments there where they had several players listed either with illness or under COVID protocol. So there were some, a lot of different things. And, and when the preview, it was kind of like, what, what is the Kansas city? Who is the Kansas city right. team that we are going to see on, uh, on Monday here. And uh, they started off kind of with some energy here. They were at home. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let's get one in here in front of the crowd. Great to see Lola Banta out there with, with the team was the one to go ahead and slot that away. Um, but because of how this started off, I thought, okay, well, maybe this is going to be the cap. This is going to be the cap off of, of a of a weekend that we saw a lot of kind of a high energy soccer here. Uh, but uh, towards certain stretches of, of the match, I think maybe there the were moments where racing was looking maybe a little flat at times. Uh, couldn't just really just couldn't find the breakthrough again against Kansas City in this one. No, not at all. And and I mentioned at the top that the stats were not indicative of this game at all because when you look at the stats possession-wise, 60% to Racing Louisville, seven shots for Racing Louisville, one of them on goal. Um, but Kansas City controlled this game with their energy that they had, the tempo that they had, um, a number of opportunities that happens. Um, uh, but having this penalty kick happen so early in the game against Holloway, who got her first start first minutes in the NWSL for racing Louisville. It's really a tough way to start her career um, in the NWSL because it was a, a tough penalty kick that did not need to happen. A tough foul that did not need to happen. And of course, Lola Bonta, who was one of those players out on COVID protocol, missing two matches for Kansas city back. She steps up um, after Victoria Pickett gets pulled down and, and Labonta just nails this one. But there wasn't enough 
energy, enthusiasm from racing Louisville. They, they looked flat, honestly, they looked like they yeah. didn't have a lot of intention to, to play and to win out this game. And even Kansas city at time kept turning the ball over. And, and there was a moment in this game where it honestly felt like the goalkeepers were just having a pass because they'd play the ball out. Um, they, one team would kick it down the line, a defender would collect it and pass it back to the yeah. goalie. And then the same thing would happen down the other side of the field. It was just back and forth. It was like a tennis match. My head was yeah. just like going side to side. It was like, can someone in the midfield grab the ball? Can someone <laughs> get on it and control? I mean, when Victoria Pickett does pick up the ball in the midfield and she has space, she goes. And that is important to see. But yeah. as the game went on, it, it was like the air being let out of a balloon and the intensity just continuing to drop and drop and drop throughout this match. Um, yeah, it, it, it almost just sort of felt like maybe both of these teams only just had like a, a good heavy 45 in them because we saw that I think more in the first half. And then you have this second half just where you really saw just kind of the, the energy kind of taper off a little bit. And that happens, you know, sometimes in, in soccer, you, you maybe have a game where it's, it's not as high energy or not as high octane as, as maybe an, another match that you have, uh, you know, kicking off. But mm -hmm. in these halftime, you're talking the shots from, Kansas City three to six and then to just close out this game just adding one more piece <laughs> you know you, you I they know. Ended, Kansas City ended with four you know compared to the three that they got in the first half, and then racing Louisville with seven <laughs> so they just added one more shot in, in the in the second half so it just it, there was just um I really do feel like this was maybe the game because we we did this in the preview. So we were like, here are the teams who played each other during Challenge Cup and the familiarity that is going to come into play with these teams. And I think this game of all of the games where there was that heavy familiarity that we kind of maybe saw it play out in this one the most towards the end. You just sort of saw how there was just kind of like it was a little like days ago. But I think the biggest takeaway out of this one is if you're on the KC side of things, Congratulations. You got that first dub off your back in 2022. They're walking away with uh, with all three points uh, in this one, I think, which which is big because this was a Kansas City side that we wanted to see that transition, that success and transition from Challenge Cup into the regular season. I'm not going to say that this is the game that convinced me, but it is the game where they got the three points. I agree with that completely. I mean, huge for Casey just to get the win. Doesn't matter how it comes. They got three points. Um, it helps them out a little bit looking at, at the standings in terms of matches played and, and continuing to get points over other teams. Um, but we're going to talk all about the standings a little bit later, but we still need a little bit more from Kansas City throughout this game. And, and for Racing Louisville, based on their point in the standings heading into this weekend, if they won, they could have jumped up and, and been top three. Uh, but that did not happen. Kansas City able to shut them out and get a shutout. So huge for AD French in the back line. Um, hoping for a little bit more. The wheels are going to hopefully start turning for both of these sides, KC <laughs> and Racing Louisville. We'll see. We'll see. We got another one to talk about here. Oil Rain versus San Diego Wave. Another couple of teams that faced off against one another during the Challenge Cup. This one going the way of the rain, a 1-0 scoreline in this match. Rose Lavelle said, I'm going to do it myself, and here it is. 
a flying slash diving header to, to, to finally get the breakthrough for this OL Reign side in this match. Because for me, Lisa, maybe a, a little bit of the opposite uh, effect of some of the other games that we were, or this game that we were just talking about, uh, specifically with Kansas City and, and racing, we saw again this, this OL Reign side at home hosting a team that, yes, they've got some familiarity with. But I was watching this game at moments, and not just this game in particular, but we're watching these games from OL Reign, and we're being so, we're so impressed with the, the personnel on the pitch, no matter who it is, the, this buildup that they do in, in the attack, and we see it, and then it just it kind of fizzles out, or the, the, the shot selection is questionable, or it's, uh, it's just not something that's, that's on target. And uh, the team has maybe kind of struggle to sort of have those multi-goal games, but uh, they have gotten uh, the win off their back in last week, and now they've got another one to, to build off of. Uh, but it's another narrow scoreline in this one. But it was a game where we saw a lot of activity from Sofia Huerta once more. I believe my initial reaction to this as we were watching it, I was like, wow, Sofia Huerta's just out here manifesting. Oh, yeah. And goals for for this old rain side. And it just looks like it's almost like she's a magnet at, at some point, like the players, the attackers are getting drawn to the service that she's providing into the box. And we saw that here with, with Lavelle in this uh, very kind of later stage kind of goal, the goal, the breakthrough goal didn't come until the 75th minute in this one. It was a late game winner, but it wasn't for lack of effort. You touched on this. Oh, well, rain, they can shoot. They can keep possession of the ball, but it's finding the final pass. We finally saw them be much more selfish in this game and taking more shots as individuals, having rows a little bit higher up the field, I think helped as well. But in this match in particular, 14 shots for OL rain, six for San Diego in OL rains last three games, they have outshot their opponents 54 to 21. However, OL Reign has only scored two goals in those 54 shots, including the game from this weekend and the goal that Rose Lavelle scored. So the conversion rate is sad. It's disappointing, frankly, because they need to be finding the back of the net, right? Like if you're getting all of these opportunities, 54 to two, I am not good at math, but those are not good odds. And I can tell you that, but it, it, we saw really good things from OL Reign. I think their counter press was tremendous. We got to see Bethany Balser be a lot more dangerous on the ball after uh, dealing with a bit of an injury and, and coming in and out, trying to find that consistency from Balser. We definitely saw that. Um, I think it, the defensive battle between San Diego and OL Reign throughout, especially the first 45 minutes, was really fun to watch because both sides have a defensive mindset. They know how to defend very um, clinically, I'm going to say, between Harvey and Casey Stoney. That these are sides that know the defensive side of the game incredibly well. Um, but this game ultimately opening up with Sofia Huerta getting so many crosses into the box, but what else is new on that point? And yeah, the diving header from Rose Lavelle off a set piece opportunity. We don't see that very often from Rose Lavelle, those types of goals. Yeah. And it was a beaut. It, it was one of those moments where Rose Lavelle was like, this ball's coming in and I'm doing anything and everything to get on the end yeah. of it. And it was a diving header, huge immediate celebrations. I mean, there's just something about scoring a diving header that makes it that much more exciting. Um, but the, the possession from OL Reign, really fun, really good to watch. But their conversion rate, not great. Expected oh. goals throughout this match. Oh, 10 one, one point. <laughs> Insane. It's insane. 
insane. I just like it. They lead, Lisa. They lead the league in expected goal rate. It's not that it's just high. They lead all 12 teams. Right yes. Now. In 10.25. So they're, that's what I'm saying. Where it's like, they've only scored five goals in well, six matches. <laughs> that where I'm, when I'm watching this again, I, I, I'm I'm still I'm sticking with OL by the way. I don't want this to make it seem like I'm I'm bowing out because this is a team that we we did a preview on largely over NWSL overview but also Challenge Cup and a team that I'm high on. I'm saying listen, we're going to see big things out of this OL rain side and I'm really loving what we're seeing like again in the build up in within the attack. It's just the finishing is just not there right now. Um and when we're looking at this all rain side and I'm getting asked like, well, who, who's the best player on the team? And you're looking at like all sort of kind of defensive minded or a defensive positional type of players. And I'm like, well, my, my big three for the all rain right now isn't like a, isn't like a Lavelle or, or a Balser or, you know, a lot at this point. It's, it's an Alana cook and a Fallon to Joyce and a Sophia, Huerta, you know? So it's like, you're looking, but you're still looking because at- of the, so many clean sheets. I mean, defensively, yeah. all rain has been tremendous. A lot of credit definitely goes to Fallon tells Joyce, the goalkeeper, but the back line has been really good. The, and all rain can keep possession of the ball, yeah. which limits their opposition's chances. And that's defensively. It's been fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm loving the what we're witnessing out of you know Fallon to the choice. What we're witnessing out of Alana Cook. I mean, quite frankly, and not just for club, but when we're looking kind of with a little bit of a bigger lens and kind of a more longer term picture. I mean, Alana Cook is is the best center back period right now within the the larger U.S. Women's National Team pool. You have multiple players who have been dealing through injury, uh, Abby Dahlkemper being one of them, as, lo- as well as Becky Sabron, who's finally, you know, getting minutes out there with, with Portland Thorns. But when we're looking, when we're looking at players who are available right now in that position, Solana Cook, <laughs> you have, exactly. you have Tierna Davidson who's out for the year. Uh, so when you're looking at who is available and who's going to, you know, be representing this team probably during a very big event like the Concacaf W Championship. It's going to be Alana Cook. <laughs> like that's that's what's going to happen here. Uh, so at, for now, for this rain team, again, we have said this that it's not it's not a moment to maybe kind of you know ring the alarm and, and somebody like uh, Laura Harvey has never been the type to do that. But we're seeing a lot of the very good ideas that this team has right now. It's just a matter maybe of, of some of the execution. And I think for, for that breakthrough goal with, with Rose Lavelle, it just sort of even looked like for San Diego, like how do you lose Rose Lavelle? <laughs> you like, how do you just like, you just sort of look back on that replay and it's kind of like, Oh, okay, well, this is, that's a, a thing. And, but at that point, I think a player like Lavelle was just really, just really, really trying to trying to gun for some things there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was I was happy to see that even despite the familiarity between the two sides, that it's it's I don't want to say it's this new rivalry or a budding rivalry, but there have been already multiple competitive matches that we have seen between these two teams specifically. And I'm I'm loving the different things that we're seeing just on the pitch and the players who are out there, but also between the things tactically and the coaching matchup as well. So I'm I'm really enjoying what we have seen out of uh, OL Reign versus San Diego and vice versa. But uh, little things like this, like you're going to look at these moments and say, okay, 
Maybe there are areas that we know we're still going to work on, but you're walking away with the dub. You're still getting the, all three points. You're you're celebrating your 2021 MVP and, and Jess Fishlock. You know, you're you're making announcements that you're going to bring back another iconic rain player in Kim Little, you know, and it's going to be an incredibly short-term loan. Um, but that was also something for this this club and its fans to, to get excited about as well. I mean, there's going to be a whole new generation of people who uh, are finding themselves as rain fans that maybe didn't get a chance to see Kim little play. And now they're going to do that. So we'll see how that works out. I think the the window of the time might be uh, beneficial for, for the rain here. It's supposed to be from June to August. So we'll see how that pans out. Right over international windows that's happening, um, right over a little bit of turnover. I am really excited to have Kim Little back in the NWSL. I'm not sure how much goal scoring we'll actually get from Little in the NWSL, but I don't think that's why Laura Harvey is bringing her in. I, I think it's to create those chances to uh, control the midfield, to tactically take on players and, and beat lines as a, a technical player that Kim Little is and then find the forwards and, and move the ball up the field. She's not going to score a lot of goals right. for this OL rain side, but she's going to create the goal scoring opportunities that will take less pressure off of the goal scorers on OL rain. So they can actually just focus on finding the back of the net in this one. I'm, I'm excited about this, this transition and, and this player coming over and the announcement that OL rain made at halftime. It was huge. It was well done for a big name player for sure. Excited about this. To oh, come. Yeah. You, you and me both, for sure. Let's uh, let's take a, a, a look at Angel City FC versus New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC here. Gotham FC, again, another one, another narrow scoreline, 1-0, taking away all three points, going into Los Angeles and saying, look, Bank of California Stadium, no intimidation. They went ahead and found a breakthrough goal and walking away with three points. Look, this one was uh, a little tough for me. To, to watch because I just felt like watching somebody like June Endo, watching somebody like Simone Charlie, watching somebody like Kristen Press, looking at all of these opportunities here to really kind of maybe have a little bit of a statement game. And just, they just again, we're talking, we're going from an all rain side where we're talking about similar things here. And now we're going over here to this match and saying something. It's like, it's, it, they just, they just couldn't get it in the I, back of the net there. I mean, Gotham, they got lucky. Gotham <laughs> just got pretty lucky in you're this like, match. I'm just I'm, gonna say it. <laughs> I'm gonna be very honest here. That everyone knows that that's what you're getting from me. Honest analysis. What I saw throughout the game. What I know about these teams back and forth. Uh, Ashlyn Harris, goalkeeper for Gotham. She had a fantastic game. She definitely did. She kept Gotham in this game. Six saves on the night, stopping a number of really good shots from Kristen Press, um, June Endo, as you mentioned. But when we look at a little bit of the numbers that Angel City was putting up 23 shots in this match only seven for Gotham press in those 23 shots Kristen press had five of those shots uh corner kicks 15 for Angel City and they couldn't do anything with them it, corner kicks are incredible set piece opportunities with great positioning to the goal that you can do so many different things on whether you're driving the ball low and hard towards the near post lofting it towards the back post playing it short creating a different angle to get on the end of it you have goal scorers in the box like Vanessa Gilles that can get on the end of things um, with McCaskill taking them it changes the element of what's happening inside the box because McCaskill is one that's going to be a cleanup player around the outside of the box. So she's not taking it. You need someone else in the box that can get on the end of it. And uh, I mean, 
Gotham, we saw this throughout 2021. They come up with these incredible goal line saves where their entire team just defends, throws their body on the line. And that's what happened for a handful of goals. But I mean, can, can angel city practice (laughs) goal scoring opportunities on corner kicks? Like (laughs) that 15 corner kicks. The last 10 minutes of this match was hectic. Um, very very hectic, lots going on back and forth, but the goal coming from if you in the 57th minute, it was serviced into the box by Caprice Didasco and, um, frankly not handled incredibly well by Anamano. She loses it. And Vanessa Gill does a great job to shield her off of it, but then it's purse that comes in, gets a little toe poke, gets the ball out from Gill. And then the turn and the strike from Anamano was incredible. It, it, frankly, it caught Didi Heritage, goalkeeper for Angel City, off guard because she didn't have time to react. And it was a very well-struck ball by Anamanu as she's facing upfield. She doesn't even touch it. She just turns, gets her hips around it, and strikes it really, really well. But between the chances from June Endo, Kristen Press, um, great chances, and, and their 15 corner kicks, a lot of uh, this game should be owed for Gotham to Ashlyn Harris in goal. Yeah, I, you know, I just, uh, my question that I, I'm going to bring up here, to, yes, I'm going to bring it up to, to you because you're my, you're my co-host here, but we are talking about a game where Gotham walked away with the three points. It's 1-0. Does this game show or give any of the answers to the questions that we've been asking of this team? No. Okay, that's, no. and that's where we are. Does it feel like we know? Because the the goal, I mean, the opportunities that we saw Gotham had didn't come from incredible possession or or great plays that they have or or consistency in getting the ball wide and sending it in. It was almost like a counter press that happened where they lost the ball and immediately tried to win it back. And then they were able to capitalize on that moment. But no, there are still so many questions around that. And that's just and that's basically just my my point and what I'm kind of leaning in on there. I mean, when we're talking about picks, we both went. By way of Angel City, I believe, if I recall correctly. Yes, we did. And a lot of that is because of the performances that we've been seeing from Gotham. They have not really been to the standard that they've kind of been setting for themselves, and they haven't been delivering. And, I mean, we're talking about a team that is generating 3.06 of their expected goal rate, and that's last in the league. You know what else is also last in the league? They're expected assist rate. In one point nine seven, they're also last in that. It's we're not we're not seeing it, but they're walking away in this game with the three points. And I feel like it this weekend was just sort of this all-encompassing type of weekend in NWSL where you realize like, oh, that's right. This is the type of league that we cover. That even though the the prior matches on paper, the data that we have in front of us that we look at for this game out the window because they walked away with the points and they are the ones that have the three points in the standing. Um, but that's why I brought up the question because it's like, okay, well, let's look ahead a little bit for this team. Does this performance perhaps answer any of those questions that we had? Of them? And you say the answer is no. And I brought it up because I believe that as well. I believe the answer is no uh, as well. So I just think that uh, it sort of echoes a little bit to what their head coach said in their previous uh, post-game match. Scott Parkinson's team has to look at themselves real deep right now 
And I think that they still need to continue uh, to to do that moving forward because it's officially one month, uh, you know, of the season in the books. May is May is gone, and they're going to be looking ahead, and it's going to just get more difficult, you know, from here on in. As you start to finally develop a little bit of a rhythm, I think that's the other angle here that we're looking at for for this particular side. A team that has been unable to maybe kind of establish a rhythm. They had to have one of their games rescheduled due to multiple COVID protocols. Uh, you know, so it's just it's tough to kind of get going in that. But uh, we'll we'll see. I I, I still want to see that statement game from Gotham because I just don't yes. feel that this was it. Exactly. And on paper, Gotham's only two and two. They've only played four games in the regular season, whereas uh, other teams have played six and one two lost two. But none of them, neither of them, were a commanding win and. That's what I'm waiting to see from Gotham or, or consistency in what they can do. Um, so I still have a lot of questions about Gotham at this point, despite them getting their second win of the regular season. We'll see. We'll see. We've got three more games to get through in terms of recapping NWSL weekend action. And we're going to do that right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we've got three more games to get through. Let's talk about the teams who split the points over the weekend, and let's start with a couple of wild draws. Let's go with Orlando Pride and Washington Spirit. This was the game that kicked off the weekend, and maybe we should have known, like, hey, this is the energy that's going to carry us throughout a 2-2 draw for both of these teams with Orlando Pride snatching. They just completely, a crime was committed. <laughs> robbed Washington's spirit of this win. There is no other way to express it or put it. Washington spirit looking at a lead late in the game, thinking they had it in the bag. And Orlando Pride and Darian Jenkins said, uh, uh, hold on one second. Insane. I'm just like still thinking about this game, honestly. And I love that it sort of set it did it, it for me anyway. It kind of set the tone uh, of uh, of of this whole kind of weird weekend, I guess, is a is a way to way to put it. I love it. I love a comeback. This, love this a- game was incredibly entertaining, honestly, from start to finish. But the end of this game was just completely nuts for those who missed it. Yeah, there was a bit of a crime that committed <laughs> at the end of this game. Just looking at some big plays throughout this match. 19th minute, Trinity Rodman, she gets the opening goal for Washington Spirit. Ashley Hatch doubles the lead for Washington in the 66th minute. 
minute. Orlando, or excuse me, Washington had a lot of the possession. Um, they were controlling a lot of the game. Orlando had opportunities. They had in the 20th minute or so, Darian Jenkins had a shot off the post. But uh, I'm talking big headlines here in this game. Yeah. Then there is stoppage time added <laughs> on to this match. Six minutes of stoppage time. In the fifth minute of that stoppage time, Michaela Clough, the rookie for Orlando, she gets a goal. It was all serious after that. Six minutes of stoppage time. And in the eighth minute of stoppage time, Darian Jenkins, she gets the equalizer. So both of Orlando goals coming in the stoppage time, six minutes awarded, eight minutes ultimately given, and two goals coming in the fifth and the eighth of that extra time added on to this game. It was bonkers to me. There was a moment towards the end of the game, I think it was like, the late 80th minute that Ashley Sanchez had a bit of a breakaway. She had one defender on her um, at the top of the box. And you could tell she kind of slowed up a little bit instead of it. She didn't go to the corner and keep possession of the ball, but she also wasn't playing that mentality. Like we are down one, nothing. We need a goal before this game ends out. She was not at all playing the mindset that this game is zero, zero, which is a, a thing in soccer. Every five minutes, you have to remind yourself as a player, this game is zero, zero. And Ashley Sanchez did not do that in this particular moment, late 80th minute. She had the ball, an opportunity, and she takes a shot. It wasn't that well struck. Uh, It was kind of like, okay, whatever. There's three minutes left. We're up to nothing. And then before you know it, bam, 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 Orlando takes two points. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's an important part to to maybe look at or focus on because this entire game for the, let's say the – the uh, there was what 98 plus 90 plus eight st- minutes of stoppage time so let's just say maybe for the 92 <laughs> minutes of this game i i was so impressed by this this performance that Ashley sanchez had put together in this game and you could this yes. was the moment where where i where she took this and i we we saw it on the broadcast i went oh oh this player is exhausted i know and i mean that in the highest of compliment because this was a player who was everywhere this match it felt like had a great game really like Ashley Sanchez was absolutely everywhere in this game and you could just sort of see like this breakaway moment that she had it's in stuff you know you want to maybe try to kill the game off and the shot the shot that she it it almost like it took a little extra out of her and you just saw her like heel heel over and hover over just have to have her hands underneath she needed a second to just sort of kind of lock it back in a little bit you know uh, it's uh it's yeah. it's covering what 15 something miles in a game oh. it almost looked like you know she was uh just kind of everywhere uh for me in, in, in this match and it's just was. uh you just sort of I think you just sort of see the minutes impacting the shot and the player I think at that moment but then you have on the other side a massive opportunity for other players and I just love what we're seeing out of out of Michaela Clough for this Orlando Pride set. I know Darian Jenkins, a player that we spoke with for this Pride team uh, over the offseason, that despite Orlando not, you know, being one of these expansion sides, it's there's still this energy and this feeling and this level of buy-in that this team and this particular personnel has the opportunity to kind of build something new within the infrastructure that always uh, that already exists. So it's this kind of game and just sort of seeing it close out. It was just, I was like, okay, I was like, this is, this is it. Summer's here. We're going to have this type of weekend uh, in NWSL action. So splitting the points in this one, two, two game. 
<laughs> this this game was crazy. I know you just highlighted Ashley Sanchez. Yeah, defensively, she did the work for both of the goals um, to win it back for for Washington Spirit. Rodman's goal in the 19th minute, Sandra, yeah. we just have to give it a little bit of love because yeah, because it was a long was, time coming and, and overdue, quite yeah, frankly. So we her, have to talk about her it. first goal of the NWSL season um, and a bullet of a goal, incredibly well struck through traffic. She kept it low, hard. It had a lot of texture on it that yeah. was able to go to towards the back post um, and fly past Aaron McLeod in goal. But Sanchez is the one that won it defensively off of Michaela Clough, actually, and, and started that play for Washington Spirit. Same thing on the Ashley Hatch goal. It was Sanchez who won the ball defensively. It was actually a bit of a misclearance by Orlando and it hit off the player, but then uh, Sanchez there to pick it up. I mean, really a good play by Sanchez in a good game. We saw Andy Sullivan get her first start of the NWSL season. Um, Kelly O'Hara out. Uh, but it, if, I mean, good, good highlights. I like highlighting players that did really yeah. well. Sanchez for sure. I mean, Rodman's goal, Jordan Listro, she didn't get a goal. I believe she was awarded with an assist for Orlando pride, but she did a lot of the work, hard work for both of Orlando's goals. Really, really impressive to see Listro. Um, yeah. yeah, I loved her. I loved her post. She posted like the how it started, how it's going kind of post on social media, just as as someone who was in the stands as a fan at an Orlando Pride game, and then her being out on the pitch as well. That was uh, that was very cool to see as well. But uh, an exciting game for sure to kick off uh, action over the weekend, and it rolled into uh, a, a similar. It played into a Saturday as well as we had Chicago Red Stars versus Portland Thorns this game also ending in a 2-2 draw Lisa I saved my draw for our picks in this game because I listen I'm Chicago forever you know Chicago over everything end of the day but it's because I have so much love that I know the team. And I said, this is the draw. This is going to be the draw for, but I loved it. It was such, we went from that Washington spirit and Orlando pride game. And then going into this Portland and Chicago game. I know we were excited about it. Cause it's like, Hey, we're going to get a chance to see these two teams who had not faced each other yet in 2022. Uh, we're going to maybe see some kind of familiarity in terms of stylistic things on the pitches are two two of several clubs, quite frankly, who are kind of rolling out their, their, their teams in these sort of uh, three-back formations uh, through to start off their, uh, their respective seasons. So just sort of knowing that going into this one, I just I kind of felt like maybe, maybe the middles of, of the, of this mm-hmm. match is going to be kind of clogged. Maybe we're going to see some stuff out on the wings and uh, Mallory Pugh delivered that very, very, very early. It took uh, all but five minutes for the Red Stars to, to get on the scoreboard first. Uh, Kayla Sharples uh, reading a ball, intercepting that pretty quickly, lobbing it over to Ava Cook, who kind of flicked it on uh, into open space on the wing for Pew. And it took her approximately nine seconds to score uh, and just sort of getting in front and, and beat her defender and beat uh, Bixby in the end there. And then very early on, there was an early lead and then Portland said, hold on a second. And they quickly, quickly equalized. So it just sort of had the, the energy is it was like, I I told myself in the back of my head, Lisa, as I went to go cover this game locally, that 
this is I was like, this is it. I'm like, I'm very glad that I chose my job for this oh, game because I feel yeah. like it's going to end out that way. And that's exactly what it was. It was like a call and response between uh, these two sides. And and we have to talk about how Portland scored their goals or, or how Chicago led up two goals yep. in this game because yep. both of them off corner kicks um, put, put into the box by Sam Coffey, the rookie who's who's playing higher up the pitch um, than she has in her collegiate days or and playing in that defensive six role. And it's a new role for her. And she's done a really tremendous job. But it's Hina Sugita getting on the board first for Portland off of the corner kick. And, and really, Chicago couldn't clear it. They were unable to get the ball out of the box. And it falls to Sugita, who is wide open on the back post. Um, but it, as I mentioned, a little bit of a call and response because Rachel Hill able to get another goal for Chicago. So the Red Stars go up two to one. We have to highlight Ava Cook, the forward for Chicago Red Stars. I think she did a fantastic job uh, playing with her back to goal, holding the ball up. Um, she got a few shots in this game as well that were really good, really dangerous. We're seeing more confidence coming from a player like Cook, which is good to see. But the the goal from Rachel Hill was fantastic. Um, really good to see Rachel Hill, a player that is finally getting a little bit more consistency and minutes. Um, get this goal in the 20th minute or so, I believe so. Uh, but Portland responding again oh, off another yeah. Sam Coffee corner kick. And again, Chicago can't clear it. And who else but Sophia Smith? Um, almost a no-look finish from her yeah. on the corner you, kick scrum yeah. in the box in the 46th minute. Really fun stuff. I think that's I think that's the best example. I think, you know, maybe this season or if not in this just specific game that where it's just you can't you can't let that happen with Sophia Smith in, in the box like that's going to make you pay, and she did, and it was very early in the second half as well, which is just kind of like uh, it's just like one of those things where you're like, okay, it's like uh, there's some interesting things um, happening here, but I, I loved that it also came off of, of another set piece for Portland, you know, as an area where they're sort of kind of rising and and sort of starting to deliver, uh, maybe a little bit for. Uh, time for us to kind of uh, wax poetic a little bit about Sam Coffee. I mean, the surface was fantastic. I got to say, getting a chance to watch this Portland Thorns team live, because it's such a, you know this, Lisa, as, as someone who's also been on site, it's just an entirely different experience right. when you're watching a game live. The, the movement and the angles that you're able to see from these players are completely different uh, from if you're just watching at home. So to be able to sort of get a bigger, you know, idea of what Portland is looking like and what they're presenting. I mean, I'm, I'm loving what we're seeing from, from Sam Coffey. It does not look like a player who is uh, intimidated at, at the pro no. level right now and is just really kind of slotted and has become one of these answers in the midfield for Portland Thorns, you know, in the, the absence of somebody like a Lindsay Haran, because I think that was coming into this regular season. There was a lot of narrative around that about, okay, well, she's leaving. So mm -hmm. what does, you know, who's going to step up in the midfield? What's it going to look like? And we're seeing a lot of great stuff from Hina. We're seeing a lot of great stuff from coffee and uh, watching it live is just a different, um, different experience. So no, no shock <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, this sort of closed out in a in a two two drop, but you know, big big takeaways from I think when you're looking at two forwards on the opposite sides here, and somebody like a Sophia Smith or somebody like a Mel Pugh, players who have been consistently called in to national team camps under head coach Black Ondanowski, and we're just looking at another game 
where there's just more examples of why these players are going to probably continue to be part of this extended pool uh, for the national team. You have Pew making these performances on limited minutes. She went 45 minutes in a second half in, in Orlando Pride and then went about an hour against the Portland Thorns and is producing ridiculously. And then you have a Sophia Smith where you have to maybe ask yourself, if you remove a Sophia Smith from the Portland Thorns, what does their attack look like? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, it was just more, um, it's just more data, quite frankly, to sort of have for these, these two players. Um, and it was great to be able to sort of see them go uh, head to head in this match. I thought for, despite the two, two draw was, was one of the other uh, more thrilling matches um, of the week of the weekend for, for sure. We got a last one though, Lisa. Another draw. Houston Dash versus North Carolina Courage. 1-1 in this one. So not a four-goal fest like we saw from the other two draws. But 1-1. Diana Ordonez getting the goal for North Carolina Courage. Rachel Daly securing the equalizer for Houston Dash. But perhaps maybe similarly to what we saw in uh, Kansas City and Racing Louisville, the action coming uh, pretty early uh, in this one. Yes, exactly. Um, we saw Emily Gray back for North Carolina in this match. Uh, she was injured in the Challenge Cup final for the Courage, so she was back. Um, but the goal, opening goal coming from Deanna Ordonez for North oh, yeah. Carolina, 24th minute. It was a bit of a breakdown in Houston's back line that um, – Emily Gray and Ordonez capitalize on, and, and it was good to see that from rookies in the NWSL, being higher up the field, t realizing that Emily Gray can pick up this ball, um, get past Katie Naughton and Ordonez. It, this was the moment when I saw Ordonez take the ball and just go the opposite yeah. way. Say, I am, it's enough of this passing. I'm taking <laughs> it from you. I'm going to go and I'm going to score a goal. She gets past Chapman um, and then she beats Jane Campbell, the goalkeeper for Houston on this shot. It was really well done by Ordonez. Good to see that. I know she had a lot of family at the match, so that was fun that she was able to celebrate with all of them. But then in the stop at the time of the first half, who else for Houston Dash except Rachel Daly? She's able to get this goal. Um, when we looked at the stats for this match, Houston had 15 shots, only five for North Carolina Courage. Rachel Daly and Maria Sanchez had four shots each throughout this match. They are Houston's attack, frankly. Um, it, they did so, so well throughout this game and we're starting to see more of that but um I liked Rachel Daly playing this role where her and Shea Groom can rotate through being high striker nine and then dropping back into the midfield because when Rachel Daly plays deeper into the midfield and she can make runs off of the forward shoulders and get in behind she is just incredibly incredibly dangerous and that's that's how the goal happened for Houston it was a transitional play um it's Sophie Schmidt that picks up the ball deep in midfield defensively she she does a great stop does what she's supposed to do picks it up finds Prince who has a great first touch gets around the defender and then slots Daly through it was timed so well Daly was on side she's able to beat the defender she gets around Casey Murphy and at this point Kaylee Kurtz for North Carolina Courage is trying to drop back she's raising her hand she thinks it's offside for Rachel Daly it is not at all and Daly has the presence of mind to shoot this like there are three goalkeepers standing in the net because frankly there were two players uh one close and one far standing right in front of the net that could have shot 
stopped the shot if it were anyone else receiving it. But Daly, she doesn't. Um, She finds the back of the net and she equalizes in this match all in the first 45 two sides. Yeah, I I almost thought maybe it was going to be another one of these that uh, wild draws that kind of maybe bled into into Sunday or kind of transitioned into uh, sort of the later stage of the weekend because we had the the whole weekend kick off with a two two draw with the with the pride and the spirit and mm-hmm. then Chicago kept it going on Saturday, and then we had Sunday this matchup with the dash and the courage. Uh, but one one for the two of them. Uh, I, I loved uh, watching uh, the continued development of uh, Diana Ordonez. I know we got to, to see a little bit more of her more uh, in terms of playing for country when the CONCACAF uh, W qualifiers were on Paramount Plus. It was great to sort of see her get those runs out there uh, con Mexico and uh, being able to sort of see her do this in front of her family. There were great shots of uh, of them in, in the crowd and, and that was really, really nice to see um, as well. But uh, Houston, you know, kind of uh, saying like, hold on here. We're, we're, figuring things out and we're going to be okay. And uh, that's kind of the energy that is sort of maybe feeling from some of uh, these performances that we're starting to see a little bit uh, from this death shot. I mean, I know we were high on them in the preview. We said, we want to see this front line of, of daily of Prince of Sanchez, be able to kind of gel Mm -hmm. and put together some strong performances. And, um, you know, this one settles the splitting the points, but maybe this is the beginning of finally starting to see, you know, full three point wins and 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 stuff like that. So uh, we'll see. Let's take a look, maybe just to sort of close out and celebrate the month of May. We have a full month uh, to take a look at uh, in terms of the standings of the league. Let's take a look after the weekend how things have sort of uh, shaken out now. Uh, it is still San Diego Wave FC on top of the standings at number one, Angel City at number two, OL Rain number three Houston Dash number four Racing Louisville at number five and Orlando Pride at number six Uh, that is the top six uh, positions right now for the league rounding things out for the bottom half of the table Chicago Red Stars at number seven Portland Thorns at number eight Washington Spirit number nine New Jersey New York Gotham FC at number 10 Kansas City Current at number 11 and at number 12 North Carolina Courage so that's that's a wrap for the month of May where we'll have to take a look at these again uh you know maybe towards the uh end of June and sort of see where things shake out then uh I think maybe we'll make that uh, a part of uh our routine here at A3 to sort of, sort of keep things in perspective it's it's one thing to look at it week to week to week but mm-hmm. when you're sort of seeing things kind of month to month, getting a look at, at the fixtures that took place and then sort of seeing where teams have kind of um, shaken out. It's a little bit different. So we're going to try to keep that going. But there is a game that we do have to preview, Lisa, for all the good folks joining us here today. There is one Wednesday midweek match, NWSL action for you, uh, kicking off at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time at Segra Field. It's going to be Washington Spirit versus Chicago Red Stars. This was the rescheduled home opener uh, for Chicago Red Stars, I believe. And uh, now they had to reschedule it because of Challenge Cup overlap. So uh, Chicago was one of the team, one of four teams, I think, that had to Mm -hmm. move some things and shift some things around. Uh, Portland Thorns was the other, and obviously North Carolina Courage as well. Um, But look, we're talking about the two teams that delivered some wild draws this weekend. Lisa, I mean, coming off of a quick turnaround, who are you looking at this one and why? 
that's such a good point. I mean, quick turnaround, yes, for both of these sides. But, I mean, for Washington Spirit, they've played back to back to back to back. Yes, yes. It feels like they played last week, Wednesday, um, Sunday, Friday. They play again on Wednesday. It's These are quick turnarounds for Washington Spirit. And as you mentioned, I mean, Washington, they're coming off of – a couple draws back to back. I mean, they just tied with Orlando pride and those were late goals from Orlando that came at the end of that match that Washington, frankly, should have won that game. A no, no draw with OL rain before that. And then a one, one draw with Portland thorns earlier in this month of, of May. So for, Washington, they need three points. They've they've been struggling a little bit with not with getting on the board and then holding that lead that they have. I mean, that was their biggest thing against Orlando. And I, I imagine a lot of frustration coming after that tough draw in, in the stoppage time for Orlando Pride to get two goals at the end of that game after having a really good stretch of 80 minutes or so from Washington spirit to get really good goals in different scoring opportunities, shots from distance, um, getting in behind for Ashley Hatch on her goal, Trinity Rodman getting her first NWSL goal of the year. But the, this now as Washington is at home playing against the Chicago Red Stars, who Chicago also coming off of a tough draw against Portland two two, but that game was a little bit more back and forth. Chicago went up, then Portland equalized, then Chicago up again, and then Portland getting the the equalizer um, to end that one two two. So when I who's, look who's at who's gonna win, who's gonna lose, Lisa? When when I look at this, honestly, I think Washington Spirit. I think coming off of three draws in a row, they're not happy with how that Orlando game ended. And um, I, I want goals though. Can I do like a I hope three, so. yeah, two, if you want to put a score on one on this match? But yeah. I, I give it in favor of Washington. Trinity Rodman got a taste of scoring yeah. goals in the NWSL this year. She's gonna get another one. Listen, that's a dangerous player to start getting hot right now, right? I'm with you, though. I feel like the Spirit have had a pretty match-heavy front of their season, and uh, we're maybe starting to see that in some of their their starters. I think having the return of Andy Sullivan is going to be huge Huge. for them in in the middle on a quick turnaround. And for Chicago, it's also going to be a quick turnaround, but they're – they're actually just going to be starting their match-heavy schedule. So they're going to have two weeks where they're going to have about five games in there. But this is just the beginning of that. Um, and I'm just, like, thinking about it a little bit, and I'm just kind of like, there's one on the first. There's going to be another one later on the eighth. It's it's it's, it's a lot. But this is going to be the beginning stages of that. And in, like, racking my brain right now, I'm realizing that that June 8th game is actually the, re- the rescheduled Challenge Cup game. So my bad on that, folks. Uh, this June 1st game is not the rescheduled match. It's still going to be the June 8th one. But I-, I think it's early enough to where maybe Chicago is not going to have the heavier of legs, but they are going to have the, the the travel on them. And they're going, both of these teams are going to be playing at Segra. And quite frankly, this is a facility that has not been super kind to the Washington spirit either, let alone the opposition that has that have come in to go and play <laughs> in this in this facility. So I, listen, for for the sake of of the one game, I'm not going to do a draw, but I just won't be surprised if it shakes out that way. I know, but I'll, I'll just I'll just I'll just keep it 
keep it a, a full buck and just go Chicago all the way and we'll see. So uh you chose spirit. I'm going Chicago. We'll get a chance to come so, back on here and talk about it. So this Wednesday game, I know you mentioned that Chicago is not going to have as heavy legs. And I agree with that completely. Washington will, but um Andy Sullivan being back, she's got fresh legs. I mean, coming off of limited yeah. minutes with Washington spirit, but if she can control that midfield, Kelly yeah. O'Hara was out for Washington in this past weekend's games. If she'll be available is unknown in this one, but maybe we'll see a little bit more player rotation for Washington and Chris Ward, um, which could be good, could be bad for them. But I mean, if Mallory Pugh is on fire, if Ava Cook is getting good looks for Chicago, um, I think the goalkeeper battle between Bledsoe and Alyssa Nair is going to be really fun to break down between these two sides. I know you said potentially a draw you're looking at, but I put put some score lines on this. Do you have any score lines that you can drop for this one? Narrow. (laughs) <laughs> I'll say narrow. I'll say it's going to be like like a 2-1 or a 1-0. I just am like, it just depends. It's just a bit, it's just going to depend on who's going to be available for both these teams, what the player, it's going to depend on what the player rotation actually looks like, if there is a ton of it, and who's going to be available. I mean, we saw a player like Bianca St. George's leave that match uh, against the Thorns early uh, due to a collision. So she did not come back into the game. Is it, what's the status on her? Is she going to be uh, available? What does the minutes restriction look like for a player like Mal Pugh, who is still technically working her way back, going from 45 minutes to 60? Is she only going to go 75, et cetera? You know? uh, is Aaron Wright going to be available for the Chicago? She is somebody who has locked down Trinity Rodman before, has not unfamiliar with that. Is she even going to be available? There's too many unknowns here, I think, for me, which is why I was like, God, I really want to choose a draw, but I can't do that with only one game of us previewing so i don't want to do that to us. so i want us to pick winner uh, a piece and it, i like that you're going spirit it gives me the opportunity to go chicago but we'll see we'll see what's uh what's going to happen uh in this one i like that we we have that we've each picks a side in this one so it's a wednesday midweek action game uh we'll be back to talk about it on thursday as well between these two sides back to back pretty quick turn turnarounds yep. for these guys and and we're doing this live on monday right now so it's a quick turnaround um for, for, for everyone the and for us <laughs> for, for everyone involved and then so between these two sides we'll see what happens goalkeeper battle potential draw to happen between these two but we get to talk about it live on thursday together oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Keep that content note for uh, all of you in the back of your heads. We're doing the recaps of any Wednesday matches for the next foreseeable future on Thursday. So stay tuned for more from us on Thursday. Thank you all so much for listening to Attacking Third and joining us. As always, you can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And any questions that you have for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question, and we'll answer it during our mailbag segment. And we'll be back with more on Thursday for you all. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.